is the Entertainment Beyond Podcast with your host Jensen Dean Jackson and Alan Weinstein, bringing you all things relevant in pop culture and entertainment. We will be with you weekly, at least, talking about movies, politics, music, and all things in between. So check us out. See you next week. Same bad time, same bad station. Welcome back, my little truffle hunters. As you've come to find it, I am Jensen, the beautiful and majestic motherfucking Dean Jackson. And for the foreseeable future, I will be your one and only guest, not guest host, one and only host. Now, today is going to be a double header. Still, it'll be a shorter than normal episode, that, or normal as you've come to expect in the last four years. Um... We always seem to talk a little, run a little bit longer when Alan, Mr. Entertainment Beyond Weinstein, is joining us. So when you get me, you're going to get little, little, littler episodes, concise to the point. No meandering or staying or overstaying or welcome. So today's episode is going to cover the pilots for She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, and the Game of Thrones spinoff, House of Dragons. So uh, for me, I'd, I'd like to get to the one that's more action-packed and to the point in terms of pilot, in terms of piloting goes for TV episodes, and that's going to be She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. Now, when I started this episode, I thought, you know, this the f- maybe sixth or seventh MCU Disney Plus TV show, and uh, pretty much all of them have been... We're going to introduce you to this person over the course of six episodes, which still seems a little too short. Over the course of six episodes, we're going to trickle and tickle, you know, before we get to the penultimate episode. And then that's where everything has to be crammed into 35 minutes because, God forbid, they go for 40 or 50 minutes, you know. Uh, But you don't get that with She-Hulk Attorney at Law. It was actually to my surprise. I was getting ready for another drudge. Of being like, okay, we're going to get the pilot. We're not really going to get shit in the pilot. We're going to get the human aspect before we get the superhero aspect. And you open with uh, Jennifer Walters preparing to... Or doing a mock uh, closing statement for a uh, pretty hot and heavy court case. And towards the end of her running through her closing statements, you have one of the other lawyers... Telling her, oh, Jennifer, you should just let me do it. I'm better at doing it, blah, blah, blah. And Jennifer's paralegal saying, you know, basically, blow it out your ass, homeboy. And Jennifer's got this shit on lock. And so, towards the end of that little tete-a-tete, you have her paralegal telling her, you know, why don't you just do your, do your green thing, hulk out. And I'm like, wait a minute, hold on a second, stop the motherfucking presses. Jennifer Walters is already She-Hulk, and water is wet. Like, what the fuck? And then you have the first of what I'm sure is many, uh, Jennifer Walters breaking the fourth wall to them. It was, it was just a nice uh, way to go about breaking the formula of the MCU TV shows where we're already in the thick of it. The character's already in the thick of it. She's been this person for a minute, and... 
it, it, it's nice because it, it it's just it, it just to me it's it's almost can't form words for how appreciative I am of them swerving me with this shit because we had before we had She Hulk we had Miss Marvel and that was a six episode TV show that again we didn't get the fully fully formed character until the last like I don't know. 20 minutes of Miss Marvel in the penultimate episode, the last 20 minutes of that episode, we finally got the character. And the other five episodes were being used to, to you know, building blocks, stepping stones to getting to Kamala Khan's uh, knighting as Miss Marvel. Whereas Attorney at Law, you're already there, Bear. You're, I mean, you're already there, baby. You're in like Flynn, and you're already have a couple of wins. Sorry, still feeling that summertime heat, so you heard me gulping down some H2 Izzo. Yeah. So, you know, and because I'm constantly peeking behind the scenes and the curtains and the drapes and the blinds, trying to go beyond all of our wildest imaginations in entertainment, uh, the internet, you know, surprise, surprise, another female-fronted venture in the internet isn't happy. And when I say the internet, I mean all of the cucky, shucky, little boys online. It just blows my mind. Like, when are, uh, we all came from a woman. When are we going to recognize that shit, pull our collective heads out of our asses? I'm not speaking for myself or any of you listeners, but the motherfuckers out in the world who just leave women the fuck alone, okay? They were never meant to just be in the kitchen and doing our bidding. Women have brains. They have hopes and dreams and desires. Leave them the fuck alone. Let them do what they're going to do because they're going to do what they're going to do regardless of what you or me think or say. Just facts. Just chill the fuck out, internet community. But this, this TV show has already... It's only episode one that's already been review-bombed worse than Miss Marvel. Another female-fronted TV show. It's just... I think sometimes people really think that I'm just, like, baiting or I'm, I'm playing around when I say that I hate my own gender. But most of most of the other males in the world motherfucking suck. It's because of whack-ass bullshit like this. Like, leave women the fuck alone. Please, for the love of God, leave women the fuck alone. And some of the hatred has to do with, okay, so you you, you find out how, how Miss Walters ends up becoming a Hulk. There's a little bit of blood-on-blood exchange, which most people, that would just be like, you know, in the real world, that's just, you know, years and years of testing to make sure you don't have any fucking diseases from someone else's blood touching your blood. But in the MCU, as long as you're in the lineage of the original Hulk, if you guys swap some blood, you're just going to turn into another Hulk. Bing, bang, boom, fing, fang, boom. That's how it goes. Comic book logic, son. But... In discovering that, then you get a montage of, of uh, Jennifer Walters blowing the fuck through 15 years of what Bruce Banner had to do. And he's got this cute little syllabus of everything, you know, everything that he's determined has helped him to become a better person dealing with the curse that is the Hulk. 
and Jennifer Walters blows through that in the course of one episode. In the course of like 25 minutes, she blows through 15, a 15 year syllabus. And there are, uh, I would suspect, you know, lots of angry little, uh, what's the word, incels who, uh, this is so disrespectful to the Hulk. They're just shitting on the Hulk. The Hulk, the Hulk, the goddamn, put your fucking rage boners away. Chill the fuck out, man. Like, wouldn't it stand a reason? Like, to me, the way that I see it, it's not even coming from, you know, she's a woman. Because the way that I see it, the way that I've studied is that women typically tend to be smarter than men. It's just a fact. Where it's just a fact that men typically end up being more physically dominant and, and strong. Because it's a genetic fact. Okay, but there's a trade-off, you know. Men have brawn, women have brains. But but taking the, the the female gender out of the equation, to me it would reason that someone who would have the most self-control and the most calm and the most chill would be motherfuckers who have to that motherfuckers whose entire life and you know a way that they pay their bills is through sitting in court day in, day out, combing through cases, prepping and shit like that. Like, I, I can't think of... The only people I can think of that probably have just as much control or self-control as a lawyer would be someone, whether a nurse or a doctor or a dentist. You know what I'm saying? So, for Jennifer Walters to exhibit an insane amount of self-control over anger, it didn't really... I didn't really bump into that. I didn't bump into her breezing through, you know, the tries and tribs of being a Hulk. None of that, you know, and just, you know, her, some of the things that Bruce's Hulk was doing in terms of showing up his cousin and the fact that Jennifer could do it better than him. Again, because like I said, women tend to be smarter than men. Don't let the fact that men have dominated the world since the dawn of time dissuade you from that fucking fact. Women are smarter than us. A lot of the times women are smarter than us. So I never bumped in to anything regarding how Jennifer Walters, She-Hulk, a.k.a. attorney at law, how she was able to breeze through uh, fifteen a 15-year syllabus. Okay? I, I, I dug the episode. I, I completely... Liked it. I think, you know, no pun intended, they smashed it. <laughs> no pun intended again. Uh, the only thing that I bumped into is at the end, so you have all that flashback of Jennifer breaking the fourth wall, explaining, you know, you get you get one, oh, let me back up, you get a fun little tiddlywink where Jennifer and Bruce are drinking and Jennifer's totally got this conspiracy theory about Captain America losing his virginity and it's a through line that runs all the way to the end of the after credit scene. Um, but then to bounce back, so you have all that happen. And then Jennifer eventually is able to go back to work because that's all she wants to do is be a lawyer. She doesn't want to be a superhero. She didn't want this life for herself. She was just getting ready to do the closing statements for one of her first big cases, I assume, and which is admirable. Ad- admirable. Because not a lot of people, too many of us want power or something like that. And too many of us, if given it, would be corrupted by it. So it is, 
charming to see somebody that, you know, being a lawyer already carries a certain weight of power to it. So to see someone who already has power and given more power, but just be chill with the little bit of power they had before, that's that's some humbling and touching ass shit because you don't meet a lot of people in the world who are like that. Like, nah, you know, I, I could have that, but I'm cool just doing this. The only thing that I bumped into that's going to give me, it's going to get me to not give this as high of a rating as I wanted to, is that you get to the end where she's getting ready. She's filing court. The big days come. She's getting ready to give her closing argument. And uh, Titana, Titana, however the fuck you say her name, tall ass, beautiful ass woman busts through the courtroom. And it's weird the way that the. I don't know if they were pressed for time or it was just an editing choice, but the way that they edited that little fight scene, it felt so much just like kind of fever dreamy. You know, you'll you'll have to watch it to know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. And maybe, you know, you're lucky enough that you don't watch things so they can give their give give your opinion on them in a podcast. So your your view is not ruined on these things and you're just able to enjoy it glad handedly. But the way that little fight scene in the court, the the disorder in the court, (laughs) you know, get it? Because order in the court, order in the court, there was disorder in the court. It's a lawyer joke. Uh, The way that fight broke down was just real fever dreamy. And, you know, Titana's character in the comic books, you know, she's pretty much, uh, no pun intended, she's like the strongest um superhuman in terms of that so in the comics if you google it her and She-Hulk have a history and she sought sought She-Hulk out because she was uncontested in battle so she needed you know comic book shit that is the only reason that that weird ass fever dreamy feel feeling fight is the only reason that I'm going to give She-Hulk Attorney at Law episode 1 I want to give it, I want to give it three stars, but I can only give it two. And that's purely based on the weird editing around that end fight scene. But, you know, I almost feel like, given the after credit scene where Jennifer Walters is pretending she's feigning like she's drunk, so in doing so, she gets Bruce Banner to... Um, divulge that Captain America had lost his virginity on the USSO tour back in way back when, you know, during the events of uh, the montage of Captain America, the first Avenger, to which Jennifer Walters drops her act and Bruce says, wait a minute, you're not drunk. And then Jennifer says, Captain America, fuck. And then it cuts the credits. I thought that was cute. That was charming. Disarmingly charming to me. So in in grand total, with that said, I'll retract my previous statement about the Fever Dream fight. And I'm going to give the first pilot, I'm going to give it two and a half stars. It's charming. I love it. I love the fourth wall breaking. The only thing I'm fearful of is that because Jennifer Walters has done it first in the MCU, they might be a little bit more tepid in doing it with Wade Wilson in Deadpool 3. But those motherfuckers better not hold out because I'll cut a bitch if Wade Wilson don't break the fourth wall. I'll cut a bitch, you know. Oh, fuck, I won't cut a bitch, I'll cut a bastard. 
You know, I'll cut 10 bastards if that don't happen. But anyways, on to the second part of this short um, thing. And I feel like this one had less action. So the review of it will be a little bit shorter, even though the the pilot for House of Dragons clocked in in about an hour and five minutes, I believe. But, I mean, I I was late on the wave of Game of Thrones when the original series was premiering, so there's no way in hell that I wasn't going to jump up and ride it, chew, chew, and ride it. You know what I'm saying? I, I was, I've been waiting for this shit. I've known about it probably longer than most people, you know, because I'm always peeking behind the scenes, baby. I'm trying to get you beyond your wildest dreams in entertainment, which means constantly peeking behind, you know, the curtains and the velvet ropes and, and whatnot and what have you. Um, off the bat, I like how they took the opening theme for Game of Thrones and kind of remixed it and made it its own thing. So it's still paying homage to the original, but doing doing its own kind of thing. I think that, I don't know, it's just different. It just, it's kind of a head fuck that, you know, you had eight seasons, or in my opinion, you had six seasons of good, you know, high quality, this is worth me paying 20 bucks a month to view these these TV shows in, in Game of Thrones episodes, or episodes season 1 through 5 bangers, season 6 and 7 swap AF and so it's nice to, you know we, we get the fuck away from David Benioff and, and Benioff and Weiss dudes who seemed way too hung up on violence or sexual violence towards women, either or, you you pick your poison. You know, I mean, it's only episode one of, I believe, 10 or 11, but I'm just going to say right off the bat, I like that I'm not seeing a lot of incest or violence, whether sexual or non, towards women. And I get it, people, you know, historically will well, historically, this is what happened. I, you know, I'm aware historically of how cruel the world was, especially towards women, you know. Just because I'm aware of that historically-wise, or historically speaking, doesn't mean that I need it shoved in my face, you know, every fucking Sunday. God, like, the incest, it's its own thing alone, but the violence towards women, God, man, it just... It's like at a certain point, you're not even being historically accurate. You're just being sadistic and sick. And I'm just right off the bat, you know. I'm I'm just glad that it seems like this uh, this is a period 300 years before the Game of Thrones where it was Westerios, all of of the realms, however many of them, nine or ten realms, these seemed to have been more civil times. If, If anything has been taught to me, watching the pilot episode of House of Dragons, it's that the realm really fell to ruin and debauchery because the fucked up Lannisters, which I just, I don't care, you know? Oh, it's it's titillating and it's uh, like, can, can we... The Lannisters just disgust me so, so very fucking much, you know? You're introduced to them because brother and sisters are fucking, you know? And, and it's not lost on me that... 
in the history of the Game of Thrones, you know, the, the Song of Fire and Ice saga, whatever you want to call it, Green Eggs and Hamlet as you have them, I understand that the Targaryens were a bit incestuous, but we're just we're just basing off of the pilot, the first episode for this new series, this spinoff, and I'm appreciative that, you know, if they're going to do it, they're not doing it now. That that was the one thing that I I was preparing myself for. The the whole build up, the whole like two or three year build up since they announced this shit. I was very much preparing my stomach with Sprite and saltines for the occasion when I'd have to bear witness to a TV brother and sister or aunt and uncle or father daughter or whatever disgusting combination of incest you can think of. I'm glad to report, at least in the pilot, no incest, no no cruelty towards women. And so to me, that's always a win. Uh, I can say that the standout of the series is definitely going to be Matthew Smith. Matthew Smith of uh, Dr. Hugh fame. Dr. Hugh. <laughs> no, Dr. Who fame. And of... Uh, more currently, Morbius uh, fame. Uh, it seems like it's going to be a tale told about two women who were, you know, grew up as friends, but power begets struggle, begets betrayal, begets, you know, lust for power. It's, so it seems like it's going to be a tale of two daughters and their fathers who have no business and have no uh, knowledge have no knowledge of raising daughters, much less any business trying to raise two powerful women. And uh, I, it seems like a series about their uh, journey. Journeying, jeez, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, it's very, very late in the day for me. Their journey to navigating a world that's dominated by men and their whims or flights of fancy as you have them. It uh, Again, it's a fucking head fuck to just see dragons freely just roaming the the lands of Westeros and I I fully look forward to uh learning about the Targaryen lineage. I'd like to get to the Mad King and all that. It's it just it's crazy. At certain parts you have you have every famous family. You know, and, and when they said uh someone there you know, someone's mentioning an ancestor of the Lannister and just like and then you see Robert Baratheon's great great ancestor, and just like punk bitch, you know. But uh, yeah, there isn't as much, and this is why I put this one second up in terms of the review because it's all. I assume the first like one or two, maybe three episodes of House of Dragons is going to be world building for this spinoff. And so shit probably won't start popping and locking until about midway through the season. So that's why I put this on the second part of the review, because there wasn't, in my opinion, there wasn't as much meat on the bones in this episode as there was for the pilot episode of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, even though out of the two, House of Dragons has the longer runtime. But they're, they're doing shit. They're building, they're building worlds. You know, I'm not sure entirely... Uh, if the first couple episodes are going to be told in the past, because that's definitely what's happening with the first episode. You have the the main the main female character, the main two female characters in their childhood, their their teenage years, I would suppose, 
And so I would, I would assume that either it's going to be dancing back and forth between past and present, or you'll get a couple of episodes of the past, and then the rest of the season or seasons will be present in the future. Um, I'm going to give this episode, the pilot episode of House of Dragons, I'm going to give it one, I'll give it two, two puffs. Just because while they were world building, there wasn't very much, like I said, it's, it's all set dressing. They're, they're setting the stage for what's to come. And so, especially with a, a world like Game of Thrones, it's more so in the patient pleasures, you know, the pleasures of being patient and waiting, you know, edging, building up to something before you explode all over the place. Sorry for the gross analogy. But, um, yeah, that's the other reason. It didn't do nothing wrong, but it wasn't really, it's not like they started, you know, it's not like they did what, uh, what Tommy Lee Jones did or said in Batman Forever and said, let's start this party with a bang. They didn't. It was kind of, you know, a soft, somber whimper. And that's the reason why I'm only giving it two puffs. It doesn't mean there was anything wrong. It was perfectly fine before an episode in the Game of Thrones universe. The pilot for the original series definitely had more of a bang for its buck than this one. And that's all the time I have for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you joining me on this short, shorter than normal episode. And I look forward to when you join me on the next episode. Peace, love, and elbow grease. Catch you on the flippity flop. Peace.